How's it going? My name's Elliot, and you're listening to the Gaming Nexus Show. The podcast is a spinoff of the gaming website, GamingNexus.com. I'm one of the staff writers. And joining me, as always, is Eric, who's also another writer on the site, Max, who is a video game developer, and Joseph, a streamer. And most weeks, we end up talking about a handful of the week's news, and on off weeks, we kind of do weird things like find the cheapest game we can at a GameStop and review it like we did last week. Anyway, here's the episode. So let's talk about like video old school video games selling for crazy amounts of money. This past week, uh, a sealed copy of Super Mario 64 sold for one and a half million. And the craziest part of this story isn't even the fact that it sold for a million and a half, but that on July 10th, um, no, no, excuse me, not July 10th, on July 11th of this month, a copy, uh, the copy of Super Mario 64 sold for 1.56 million. But on July 9th, a copy of Legend of Zelda sold for $870,000. There's a record and then a record, right? Right. I have the last couple, of the, the past year. Let's go through the past year. So we had Mario, which just sold for $1.5 million. Then we had Zelda days before for $870,000. Uh, on April 2nd of this year, we had uh, Super Mario Brothers sold for $660,000. Um, on November 23rd, we had Super Mario Brothers 3 selling for uh, 156000 And then on July 10th, we had a copy of 2020, a copy of Super Mario Brothers selling for 114000 So the the amount of money that is doubling. And I just saw today a, a copy of one of those, whatever. what was the name of that, that card thing that Nintendo had with the trading cards that let you play like Excite Bike on it? Oh, right, right, right. The I remember that. I don't Advance? Say yeah, that again. The, yeah. The AR cards or whatever. Yeah. Some, they found cards. some super rare one of those that's going up for auction. I just saw that today, like in passing. This is like NFTs, right? It's NFTs, right? This is new well, NFTs. Uh, there's there's a theme here. Yo, those are fungible all nin- as fuck. It's all Nintendo stuff, right? Yeah. Like Nintendo collectibles i don't know it, w- okay so my first question is was there anything special about these like was it like oh the barcode was upside down or oh oh there was a misprint you know somewhere miyamoto and licked they, them yeah or or yeah. was it just like somebody found a sealed copy so somebody, the, the, somebody had a sealed copy yes right of the super mario one but the zelda one used a special cartridge that was like more rare than the standard cartridge so that was why that one sold for more. Oh my God, Joe! Do you know how rich we could be? Uh, like, dude, uh, so I was thinking the exact same thing. So <laughs> here's a secret: <laughs> a lot of you don't know. Um, when we worked at KB Toys, we had a shrink wrap machine, <laughs> and <laughs> people would return games, and we take them out and we look at them or whatever, and we see if they weren't scratched up. We put them right back in the case. We go to that shrink, shrink wrap machine. We shrink them motherfuckers <laughs> back up. Put it right back on the shelf, good as new. Nobody knew the wiser. There's another nope. secret too. But if we're, are we going to tell the, this other secret? Go I'm going to tell it. I'm going to yeah. tell it. It's not yeah. like the KB police are going to come That's after right. us. <laughs> so there's also times where people will return games and they were open and be like, well, 
Why buy this when we could take it home, play it, beat it, and bring it back? Shriek wrap it, put it back on the shelf, and resell it. Yes. We Absolutely. did that Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. So, yeah. if you're out there selling sealed games, very old games, maybe PlayStation 1 games or even Nintendo games. Well, maybe not. I, maybe not. When I worked but, at Target, I, we had a lady who would come in on every Tuesday and buy every single new DVD, no matter what it was. Didn't matter what it was. And then on Thursday, Friday of that week, she would return every single DVD, re-shrink wrapped. And since it was re-shrink wrapped, we had to take it back because Target right. will let you take anything back every week, and nothing you could do about it. She had the receipt and everything. Every week. I wish I I wish I had got grabbed one of those shrink wrap machines on the right. way out the door, like like as Katie was closing down. You know, I don't know, but I was just thinking of like how many copies of those games have passed through my hands like brand new out of the box i'm also thinking about how many copies of those games were just stolen by motherfuckers that came behind the counter and just grabbed stuff and ran you know like that was a thing (laughs) that was definitely a thing (laughs) we were at eastland mall man that was that was going going down i chased someone into uh, northland mall's parking lot a kid through jc penny from eastland chased him outside wasn't supposed to i mean it's it's against the rules but he you know he had a uh uh, Game Boy with Pokemon Yellow in it, and I wasn't having it. You know, <laughs> we was a shrink store. <laughs> Not today. Not any I, day. Yeah, I chased a couple guys. I chased one guy out into the parking lot at Eastland, and then he turned on me at the last second, and I was like, "Oh, oh, I'm gonna die now." Like, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think this <laughs> through. Yeah, that's hold where on, they don't on. want you to do we're, that. We're gonna fight out here in the parking lot over Mario. <laughs> but luckily the security guy because i was making a ruckus as i was running like through the mall after him the security guy had followed me out and that's the end of that but yeah like dudes would just grab those but but i mean the other thing is is that under the under the counter behind there you know there were all those games up on the shelves but under the counter there were just stacks, stacks. of games and they would just get buried under each other like every now and then we'd have to pull them out and in, like inventory to see what was down there and there was like like when we were doing super nintendo uh games there were like nes games like still down there underneath yeah. the counter shrink wow. rat, like brand spanking new you know that just were Whoa. irrelevant at that time you know and so oh, the, the thing about and the thing about that is the reason why the games were down there is because you couldn't return like you had a return box right but you can return toys in that toy in in the return box but you had to wait for a special authorization to return the video games because they went yeah. to a different department so that's why they they stacked up uh continue sorry but i'm just thinking of backstock too like we just had oh so, yeah we just had so much i remember at one point like we were moving stuff from store to store and they just sent me home with these giant cardboard boxes full of like PlayStation and Nintendo 64 games. Just like bring those in a couple days to the store, you know, no lists of what was on them. No inventory. <laughs> like just here, take these home for a while. But I mean, that's not the only crazy we're going way off topic. With- no, this <laughs> is great. This is this great. Is but just, like, like at Christmas time, the fire marshal would come in and like, <laughs> he'd get crazy mad because we have toys like stacked up to the ceiling throughout mm-hmm. the entire store because like we had to defy the laws of physics in those places. They would send <laughs> more toys to the store than we could physically fit in the store. Like when we were unloading the trucks, one of us would like climb up the stack of toys and put like one leg on the wall and one leg on the stack of toys. <laughs> and somebody else would stand down below and throw them up to the person up top to stack them even higher. <laughs> we were like 30 feet high in the back. 
So anyhow, the fire marshal would come in and he'd be like, yeah, you got to get rid of all this shit or we're shutting you down. You can't have this. So we would literally take like an entire store's worth of toys and load them into a rider truck. And then I would just drive the rider truck home every day and park it in the parking lot of my apartment. Like, <laughs> we didn't know what to do with it. There were so many joke. toys. Yeah, no, we totally would do it. And I'd be like sliding on the ice. I remember one time I took out the bushes at a Huntington. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go to the bank after work. But yeah, the the KB was wild, man. Well, the KB kind of, was wild. You remember at Cracker Barrel, we used to put those shawls up in the rafters, those old woman oh, yeah. shawls. And I just remember being like, dude, one match, one little spark, <laughs> and you're just going to burn the whole store part. It's just going to burn the oh, whole Cracker Barrel down. <laughs> Putting all those shawls, all those old white women shawls, man. Ugh. It's just gonna be some defective like dancing fish that's gonna batteries were included and put in backwards. Yep, and boof, down goes yeah. the cracker barrel. Ah, that would be just a damn shame. Ugh, oh, terrible, no. right? Just I would cry. But man, I like down. NES games and any like SNES. I didn't realize you guys this were uh, so old. <laughs> Wow. Like, you tell me these wow. KB Toy Stories, and I was like, wow. what, this is in the 80s now? Wow. <laughs> it was the early 90s, Max. 90s, Thank you Max, very much. Asshole. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It was, funny. Just, it was a simultaneously real, realization, because I had assumed that, like, oh, I must have been in Columbus at this at this point, like, when you guys were doing that. Like, no, I was maybe one, if born at all. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter the other day posted one of those things. It's been going around this week. Like, which one did you start with? And it has all the different controllers. <laughs> and I was like, Doug, you, it doesn't go back far enough. Like, I, I started on the one that just had two paddles and it would only play Pong. Like, That's right. <laughs> that was my first one. So, yeah, old. No, no joke, old. <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder if it's the same fire marshal that always came to my, because I went to school near Eastland and I was like, I wonder if it's the same fire marshal. And then I'm like, Probably. ah, that is, I mean, unless he, he'd been around for a long time, but because I, I like, fire this marshals. is like 2010. We had, oh. we, we had fire drills. We also had fire marshal drills where like, if the fire marshal was coming, we like ran around and like, this is an art school. So we just had like weird installation art hung up in the egresses and like. <laughs> There's all kinds of, uh, we're like, oh, we're doing a play. So we're going to black out all the windows so that we can oh. get the, like the disco lights going. And there, so whenever the fire marshal would come, someone would warn us in advance. I don't know how we knew, but like teachers would be like, okay, we got to go do some stuff. We'll get back to algebra later and like go rip down all the things that were blocking the doors and stuff. Dang. Your school wow. is a fire hazard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the motel next to it had burned down. <laughs> unrelated right of course <laughs> anyway did either did any of you guys um watch the sony state of play that happened last week last thursday no mm. yeah i didn't exactly. hear about it either i, I like, yeah so my strategies normally if it's important i'll hear about it on twitter or something yeah and there wasn't there's a handful of stuff Let's see. They announced. They uh, talked about uh, Amos Book Two, which is in the works. It's a, a PSVR adventure. Eric, anything? Oh, for sure. Yeah, okay. Moss. <laughs> Moss was one of my favorite uh, early PSVR games. It is so cool. Okay. And so that that was the one thing from that show that kind of jumped out at me immediately. I was like, "Ooh, Moss," uh, because I was I was really all about it. It's like so. 
Moss is the story of this little tiny mouse named Quill. Oh, it's like a little him. mouse with a with a little sword. And and so she runs around, but you're actually a character in the game too. So you're standing there with your controller, like controlling the mouse, but when there's water and stuff, you can kind of lean over and see yourself in the reflection, you know, <laughs> and you can bring the mouse right up to your face and like look at it. And I don't know. It's just like a really cute game with like crazy good character animation like disney level character animation and so it's it's very cool and yeah i'm kind of jazzed for moss too even though my psvr has been collecting dust you know for quite a while now i'll 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 dust it back off for for moss yeah you had you had talked about how it seemed like it was like they were done with it and then i think you made that article and then like the week after that they were like oh here's some stuff right totally yeah i wrote this article <laughs> like like the premature death of psvr has forced me to buy a quest 2 i think and and, yeah. and of course the internet fanboys like the playstation guys were not having it they're nope. like you dick like sending me emails you dick <laughs> psvr is alive and i was like yeah okay cool you know but then like the next week they were like here's all this cool shit we're making for PSVR. <laughs> it's like like it had been a dry spell for like three months with nothing coming out and then all of a sudden out of nowhere they're announcing all this stuff so yeah psvr is still around still, there. still until the next article for it still the next article till the next article yeah uh, they also announced uh arcade geddon uh it is a it's apparently a bubbly splatoon looking multiplayer shooter it's coming to ps5 and play or and pc in 2022 it looks fine. They had uh, so beta out for that right now. You can actually buy okay. it in early access for like twenty bucks right now. Okay. Uh, there was Tribes of Midgard. It's an isometric action game that looks um, kind of Diablo two esque. Yeah, that one I was poking around on their website the other day, looking at it, and it looks pretty cool. It it can it's like Diablo like, but you can have up to 10 players at the same time Whoa. running around. That's right. Stuff I together. did read something about that. That sounds really cool to like, if I only had nine other friends. Right. <laughs> exactly. I got you guys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> my boss, like I got like my boss, my coworker, uh, fist, which is a, uh, side scrolling game. So that's not really a real game. Right. Max. Mm, no. What? I, Whoa. Whoa. I, Max on what? his Twitter. The down? other. Yeah. 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 That's right. <laughs> I think it was Max that, uh, was it last week or the week before where you were arguing with somebody on Twitter about that or you posted something about it? Excuse me? No, I haven't. I don't think I've ever argued with someone on Twitter. Just line them up though. I'll get into fights. Oh, I thought you, I thought I saw something where you had posted (laughs) about how side scrolling games are still like actual games and you can pay for it. There was, uh, someone had written, someone had written a clickbait article that was like, are, it was, it wasn't side scrolling. It was our, should two are two D games worth as much as three D games? Was what yeah, it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. It was like videogames.com or something. And like the first line in the article was like, obviously they are, but but I mean oh. the, their title was meant to be clickbaity like that. But it was just such oh. a nonsensical like is two D worth as much as three D when that has literally no it's like <laughs> is a movie filmed in 65 millimeter, the same as a movie filmed in 35 mil, or like ra- such a random designation to yeah. me. Yeah, whatever you argued with it, I thought I was like, yeah, of course, you. It made a lot of sense, but it just made me laugh. Yeah, I think I had said like, it, well, is music played on guitar worth as much as music played on piano? They're just two different mediums. I don't know. Right. That kind of got under my fingernails. Yeah, that's uh, there was. Yeah, I think that you're right. That's the expression. Right. All right, okay, cool. Third under cool, your great, fingernails. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's good. That's good, you're right? We'll, we'll take it. Sure. 
Uh, Hunter's Arena Legends, which is a, a battle royale. It actually kind of looked kind of cool and kind of different for battle royales, I thought. There was Sifu. Uh, it, it was originally going to come out on PlayStation 4, but now it's going to come out on the 4 and the 5 sometime this year. Is that the Kung Fu one where you age yes. when you die? That yes. looks cool. Yes. What? That looks really cool. Like the Kung Fu animations are just so neat. You know, like it's really, it, it has like real Kung Fu movie vibes going on. Ooh. Yeah. And it was supposed to come out this year, but it's not going to come out in twenty until 2022. Uh, there was Jet the Far Shore. That's supposed to come out sometime this year, too. Uh, it's made by people, the guys who made uh, Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery, uh, which I don't know anything about on that end. Sorry. And then there was Demon Slayer. <laughs> this name, I'm going to totally butcher the name of this game. It's called Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yabaya, the Hikonium Chronicles. Wow. Yeah. It's a Sega one, right? It is, yes, it's a Sega round. I that was... That was terrible. Oh yeah, I, listen, no. it was I love, but very was, phonetic. That was absolutely yeah. Look wow. it up yourself. Ah, okay, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I was <laughs> yeah, like, I don't wow. know what you said. Well, you <laughs> read it, Joe. Let's hear yeah. you read it. You read uh, it. Kimetsu no Yaiba: The Hinokami Chronicles. Hinokami. That does yeah, sound better. It was probably just as wrong, but it did sound better. I don't know. Yeah, My yeah. wife took me yeah. to see the Demon Slayer movie because she's really into anime, and I I think Hinokami might have been something they said that sounds like a familiar phrase to me. You know, got me. Could yeah, be a thing. For sure. So uh, is that October, it's... Oh, is the it Demon Slayer? The Demon Slayer is that is like the most popular anime in the world right now, right? Sure. Oh, that's that movie that was like a big hit during the uh, during the pandemic, right? Like, it just... It made mad money. Demon uh, Slayer people... it was is so far the top grossing movie of the year, yeah. Right. Mm. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I have heard of that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I just kind of forgot about it. Well, that's yeah, out it's October like it was actually 15th. a really big deal. Like it's up. It, I think it's it's the highest grossing movie since Spirited Away in Japan. And like the oh wow, um, that is legit. Then like an internationally did beat every other movie, which is the first time a non American film has done that in a long time, at least. I don't so know. Was good? I read an article about it. Uh, do you like anime ass anime? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was very pretty. Well, that's cool. The way so you no. said it, you're the, say, you're saying with no. your face, you're just like, I can see it <laughs> in your like, face. You're like, you fell asleep. You totally yeah. fell asleep. No, it's too violent for that. Um, <laughs> it was, I'm not, I appreciate, I appreciate anime. I am not keeping up with Demon Slayer. I've like seen a number of the episodes when I walk through the living room or like watch one here and there. So like kind of know, you know, they're slaying demons. I get it. But it was very much about like this one character who I'd never seen before. And I'm like, I don't know what his deal is. And it made, it was not a standalone story. So it'd be like middle... going to see the Cowboy Bebop movie without having watched Cowboy Bebop. That's right. Like I don't know, the original animated one. Cowboy Bebop movie. It'd yeah. be like All right. watching, it'd be like watching the mid, like in a 20 episode show, watching episodes eight through 10. Ah. Mm. Like it's just, okay. it's just part of the continuity that didn't. <laughs> Gotcha. Lost Judgment, which is a sequel and spinoff to Yakuza. That's um, the sequel to Judgment, judgment. Joe. Yep, sure Judge, is. Judgment is the jam. I need to go back to Judgment. Yeah, I need to go back to Judgment, too. Yeah. The trailer it's, looks really good. It looks like a very pretty-looking game, at least. Virtual it's Fighter? Like, it's like murder mysteries. Like okay. Judgment is basically murder mysteries. You're like a private detective, and you're running around trying to solve murders and beating people up with bicycles. 
uh, yeah. <laughs> in, in the Yakuza universe. Uh, so it has a lot of the same Yakuza mechanics, but it has these focused like mystery story storylines. And yep. the other thing about the, the Yakuza games, which a lot of people aren't really hip to, is that they take full Sega games and embed them in these Yakuza games. What? So as you're running as you're running around the Yakuza city like solving the murder, there's these storefronts called Sega Club, and you can just go into Sega Club and be like, eh, fuck it, I'm just going to play OutRun for a couple hours. <laughs> just, <laughs> just walk up to the arcade machine, and it's just like a full version of OutRun. Uh, what else was in this one, Joe? Uh, Virtual Fighter. Um, there was a couple of... Um, there, there's just a lot of Sega games. I was just Space fl- Harrier. freaking out. Space Harrier was in there. I was freaking yeah. out. I was House freaking of the out. Dead, like a House, House of the, of the Dead. Dead. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so those games are always a lot of fun because there's weird stuff. And then beyond that, there's tons of like weird mini games and, you know, all sorts of strange stuff. There was a dating game uh, in one of them that I wrote an article about like three years ago. I think it was in Yakuza 6. And it's like people still go back and read that article for some reason just because it's so weird and creepy. Like it's like a really creepy dating game where like you have to answer questions correctly and then the woman like takes her clothes off piece by piece and mm. <laughs> yeah so the article Ooh. was me and my son playing the game and like try- <laughs> looking, looking at each other like how f- are we gonna like keep going like, <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna the, keep going <laughs> the gamer in us is saying yes, yes but the civilized man is saying no you know <laughs> like yeah it was funny there was also a death stranding director's cut coming out which mm-hmm. um was kind of funny because uh kojima is like don't really call this a director's cut this is stuff we made after the game came out like dlc was originally intended to be which is kind of cool that like they're like oh after the game we actually made more stuff to the game instead of like hey this is stuff we cut or stuff we were planning on putting out later so uh there is that and it is a ten dollar upgrade for the playstation 4 version and cross saves are going to be supported in that which was kind of a big thing for some people there um and then they ended with nine minutes of death loop gameplay which looked kind of cool too i didn't know much about it either until watching it so i don't know if any of you can can speak on that at all i've seen a few trailers for it I don't know. I mean, the big the big point of interest on that right now is that it is a Bethesda game, but it's a PlayStation exclusive, which means that Microsoft is bankrolling a PlayStation exclusive right now because they own Bethesda <laughs> until September. Um, right? Isn't it? Wait, it was a timed exclusive, though. It could be. Yeah, it could yeah. be a timed exclusive. Yeah, but I, it's something. I mean, it looks cool. It's not the sort of game that hooks me. It looks like it's kind of like along those dishonored lines as far as yeah. gameplay goes. And, you know, like, that's okay. I can take it or leave it. It's just not my style of game. But it looked neat. Like, visually, it looks really cool. After watching it, because I did go back and watch the whole thing, it I wasn't sold on buying a PlayStation 5 like I was sold on wanting to get an Xbox. Oh, no. No, that was not a strong presentation. <laughs> no. no. So is it better that they did it this way instead of going to E3, you think? I think it probably was better for them because they did at least show something later and it's been long enough since E3 that like some people have gotten out of the E3 mindset. But if they I had always... showed it next to the like Microsoft stuff, oh man, that would have been rough. Yeah, see, that's that's the route Capcom and Take Two should have taken. They should have <laughs> did their own thing. That's see, I I'm okay. I didn't even see it. And I heard nothing 
negative about it. You see what I'm saying? The bigger sure. spotlights. I don't. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, no disrespect to the people making any of those games None. that 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 PlayStation announced or featured in that uh, presentation, but it it certainly didn't seem to have any big. I mean, the fact that I was the most excited about Moss Two on the yeah. PSVR <laughs> shows that they they didn't have a lot of big bangers to show. You know, um, it was kind of a indie based sort of thing, and then Death Note, which. You know, it kind of gets some tepid excitement out of people. So, yeah, good, good, good on them for skipping E3 if that's what they were gonna do. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, did you guys? We were talking about a director's cut version of um, what was Death Stranding? Did you guys hear about the Ghost of uh, Tsushima upgrade? No. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, do you want to explain it a little, Joe? Do All you right, have that so, in front of you? What's that? Do you have that in front of you to explain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, PS4 players will be able to pre-order an upgrade to the Director's Cut for $20. PS4 players who own the Director's Cut can upgrade to the PS5 version of the Director's Cut for $10. Anyone with the original PS4 copy of Ghost of Tsushima looking to upgrade the to the Director's Cut on PS5 will have to pay $30. For anyone buying the Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut for the first time, it will be $70 on PS5 or $60 on PS4. What in the oh, fuck sense. is happening? That's, I mean, is it regardless of how game? much they're charging people, Ghost of Tsushima? Or what's it's like or a, what's the, uh, I've, I've seen the trailers for Ghost of Tsushima. It's like your sort of uh, very action y samurai, cool looking game. I heard it's really yeah. good. What's the yeah. what's the upgrade of the director's cut? Is it like like DLC? Is this what we're calling DLC now? I, I don't. I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I, I read DLC. today. I read today that it adds about eight to ten hours worth of content to the okay. game. Okay, this seems so. Miles Morales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Miles Morales. I but guess. Miles Morales, I don't know. Miles my, Morales, Miles gave Morales me was for my buck. Miles Morales was its Miles own Morales. standalone game. I you love know? Miles Morales. I loved Miles Morales. It was its own thing. It was its own game. It could stand alone as its own game. It was a short game, but it could stand alone as its own game. This is more content within Ghost of Tsushima, so it's like a new area. Basically. So it's just DLC. They're calling a director's cut. That's correct. Yeah, okay. No, yeah, it so is it is just DLC. It's $30 DLC basically. The PS5 version will have haptic feedback, adaptive triggers, 3D audio, drastically improved load times, different 4K resolution options, uh targeted 60 frames per second, and your save file from the PS4 will also transfer to the PS5. Yeah, we'll see about that. I couldn't right. get my Final Fantasy 7 <laughs> save file to transfer. That shit Wait, is that true? Off. Yeah, I couldn't get it to work, man. Yeah, like I I did all the stuff like I followed the instructions. I went to Square's website and did what it told me to do, and it just would not register it. And Ooh. so my PS5 playthrough, I had to start all over again. Nope. Yeah. So I'm. I'm yeah, but no. I I question I question <laughs> some of those save file transfers. But yeah, I mean, okay. The uh. yeah no that's <laughs> yeah that's I, I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to be like. Okay, I can't fault them. No, but 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 right? really, what's going on there is that if somebody bought the original PS4 version and now they want like the PS5 version with the with 
the extra content, they're going to end up having paid $90 for it. Whereas somebody buying it fresh on PS5 pays $70 for it, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's the, I think that's the, the it's the same. I, I know I'm, I was a bitching about it for a little bit, but then I'm like, wait a minute. I just did the same thing for fucking Mortal Kombat Ultimate or uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. Same thing for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, both uh, DLC packs, if you just bought the characters, $24.99 for the first pack, $29.99 for the second pack. And I bought those motherfuckers individually just in case I didn't want a character and my <laughs> dumbasses brought, wow. <laughs> bought all of them. So I actually paid $30 for the damn first pack and $35 for the second pack. Because we're gonna get the last character, so yeah, I paid sixty dollars for Smash. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. Pay, this is, so you, this you're is like one hundred and twenty dollars right. deep on Smash, which this I is mean, fucking for, right. And They're the just giving it to you at the same time. That's kind of reasonable. Like, I mean. Yep. This all seems very reasonable to me. So there, so Ghost of Tsushima is doing a thirty dollars DLC, which is a pretty average. Yeah, and they're giving an amazing deal to anybody who hasn't bought the game already. They're giving That's you right. the DLC for free, Game of the Year edition style. Yeah, yeah, agreed. This is super normal. Well, <laughs> yeah, agreed. like Game of the Year editions with the DLC, like The Witcher did that. All the Souls titles do that. Yep. Like, I, I think the the <laughs> thing seems weird because we're going from four to five right we're going from playstation 4 to playstation 5 because with like playstation 3 to playstation 4 like with destiny right remember destiny if you bought it on playstation 3 you could you got it on playstation 4 within a certain amount of time of purchasing it right yeah so it is definitely a different tale from the three to the four as it is the four to the five but it's also like not are we like trained to be like oh it's not that bad when you kind of think about it when you break it down i I think it I think it has a lot to do with the timing of the release too. Like a lot of games that came out like right at the the PlayStation Five release or like very soon before that, they were given the PlayStation Five upgrade for free. For free, you, yes. And, and so, but but and so, I think a lot of people are just expecting like we should get the PlayStation Five upgrade for free. Because should they? Should we they? Got it. But but Ghost of Tsushima, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima was out for a while. That game's like a year, year and a half old now. You know, it's been out for a minute. I mean, that was their swan song on the four, right? Really, it was pretty yeah, close to the end. So but, for them yeah. to charge, you know, more for uh, upgrading it, that yeah, seems so a ten dollars for the up, ten dollars yeah. for the upgrade. Like, yeah, I, okay, I was on the other side of this argument when this was happening with Control, uh, and. Yeah. Uh, I was I was ranting and raving about how they were not giving everybody the free upgrade for control and blah 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 blah. And and to be fair, uh Remedy, the company behind that, I think it's Remedy, kinda screwed the yeah. pooch on the announcement and so on. But then what ended up happening was they ended up making it a PS Plus game and just everybody got it. You know, like everybody got it anyhow. Like they there was all these pricing shenanigans and then and then they just gave it to everybody, you know, with a with a plus membership. So I don't know. I yeah. I, I yeah. Think Ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima came out um, July seventeenth, twenty twenty. So I, I I don't it's know. A year, you know, yeah, it's yeah. a year. Yeah, that's a year. I I think it should be free. I think it should be free. Like uh, I mean, I would say if you're mad at it, go buy a used copy for forty bucks and then get it. But then you still be, you'd still be at seventy bucks. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, might well, you might as well just plunk down the seventy bucks. I I've been like eyeing Aya Tsushima for like a year, waiting for it to go on sale, and it just keeps not going on sale. So <laughs> I'll be playing Ghost of Tsushima in like twenty twenty five. Yeah, that's yeah. my plan too. Yeah, good plan. It's like. When I eventually have a PS5 and it's I find it at the store for twenty dollars, I'm like, oh, I always meant to play that. Which right. is what I do with every game. 
But I think the other weird thing here is this, like, when was the last time video games went up? Like, they've been $60 for as long as I can remember, right? Yeah. Like, did they used to be $50? No, well, You guys yeah, worked at KB Toys in the 80s, right? Well, the funny thing about the KB Toys thing is that some games would come in at, like, 80 bucks, like, out of the box. Huh. Like, Killer Instinct uh, on uh, SNES, that came in at 80 bucks, like, mm-hmm. right out of the gate. Um and people didn't say shit about it. Like they just paid the eighty bucks for it. They needed it. They and what's that in today money? That yeah, in today money, that's like what, hundred and twenty dollars? I don't know. That was thirty years ago. So I think like during the PS3 and PS4, you know, three sixty Xbox One era, everybody just kind of locked into that sixty dollar price point as how much games cost. Mm-hmm. And so when they bumped up with this generation, everybody kind of like took a s- step back, like, oh it's gonna but, happen. I think it's going to be normalized. I mean, realistically, the game prices have not been keeping up with inflation and the costs of making them have gone yeah. like, skyrocketed, you know, like games are so complex and ridiculous and in such high fidelity and so on. Uh, you know, it is they're going to they're going to go up. The other I just thing, did, thing I just did a that. price converter. Killer Instinct today would have cost about one hundred fifty dollars. Right. <laughs> Video games are cheaper than they have ever been ever you're paying ten dollars for an up for D- or you're paying twenty dollars for DLC and an upgrade to a new console, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See that that's what I needed right there, Max. <laughs> that's exactly what I needed. But the other Do thing I, too is places place. like Walmart. Places like Walmart sell games for ten dollars less on yes, purpose. Yes, they do. It's a so, secret to everybody. Like that's yeah, and a whole other like line of thought too is like they're taking a cut on it because for whatever reason it gets you in the door to buy whatever chickens or pepsi or whatever <laughs> for the longest amazon was doing that thing where if you pre-ordered it it would be ten dollars cheaper like across the board for everything always but they finally stopped that last year which was a big bummer right my last playstation related bit of news i just thought it was kind of interesting that cyberpunk 2077 had just come back to the store and it was the number one best-selling game for june on the playstation <laughs> 4 it's kind of interesting yeah. <laughs> there it is so because people just wanted something to bitch about. Yeah. <laughs> Another article I wrote back in the day was get ready for cyberpunk's redemption cycle, because that's really what it, it's going to be. You know, that game is just going to sell for years, just like Witcher did. You know, they're just going to work on it and work on it and work on it and work on it and eventually drop DLC. And it's going to be like the greatest game of all time, just like the Witcher, you know. You think? And yeah, I do. Do you? Yeah, do I, you I haven't played it because... I don't believe I could on a PS4. I'm still not confident. But does it, because I, from what I've heard, it is very different, like, in its bones. Like, The Witcher seems like, I I don't know if it was rougher during launch than when I've played it, but it seemed like there was a lot of really good stuff there, which I haven't heard the same about Cyberpunk. Oh, I think there's a lot of really good stuff there. There's a lot of really good stuff in Cyberpunk. Yeah. Yeah, a ton. Um, it's a it's a different world, you know, but mm-hmm. as far as like the storytelling chops, uh, it's all there, you know, Sick. like like there was one point where like I was driving in a car and I accidentally drove off a bridge. And so I was in a river and I was swimming down the river trying to find a way to get out of the river. And I saw this <laughs> stairwell over on the side. And so I climbed up the stairwell to this little kind of embankment on the side of the river. And there was a dead body there. And it started me on a quest line. 
you know, just shit like that, you know, like it's just there's there's storytelling buried everywhere in that game. You know, I'm That's sure right. there's quests in there that like nobody has found yet. Um, <laughs> it's it's just it's that dense of an experience. And and yeah, I mean, I, I do think they're going to just keep working on it and get all the rest of the bugs out of it and clean Sick. it up. And it's going to be awesome. And it doesn't surprise me a bit that it was the number one selling game because all those PlayStation fans that were screaming and yelling about how terrible it must be, then were all butthurt because they couldn't play it and couldn't buy it anymore. <laughs> right. So now they're getting to check it out. So I hope they have a good time. Max, let me ask you a question before we start talk about this next story. When mm-hmm. you're making a game, how do you make something more challenging or less challenging? Is that something you look at when you're designing a game? Like, oh, I want this to be harder than that. Or, like, I want this to be harder further in the game than, like, it is at the beginning. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, your methods are as different as, like, what the challenge is. If you're talking about just, like, should finding your way around be harder? Should enemies be more threatening? Should they require more strategy but maybe not be more dangerous? Like, uh, or should puzzles be more complex? Uh, I mean, a few things that you try to do are always are just like to combine things that you learned in the beginning to if you learn three separate concepts like stack them on top of each other to try to test the like combination comprehension but i'm it makes a huge difference whether you're talking about like a shooter versus a puzzle versus just exploring around follow-up question. why do you ask follow-up question all right follow me up Somebody like Eric playing your game is definitely different than somebody like my wife who plays The Sims or like phone games. Like those are the kinds of games she plays, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think of that like your target audience when you're making a game too, or do you just want like everyone to enjoy it at whatever age group, no matter what, really? Uh, I think everybody like has a target audience because if you're the broader you're trying to like you can't you can't just try to make a game that appeals to everybody just like you can't make a movie that everyone's going to like or a book or or music so you sort of like you got a rough idea of like these kind of people you probably you like i want things to be accessible to anyone if they're interested based on the story but not the combat for example okay um or if you're like oh i love exploring around this world but i don't want to have to figure out puzzles because they frustrate me you can try a lot of times you want to try to find ways to accommodate people that want part of what you're offering whether that be settings or uh decisions they can make within the game that help obviate that help obviate some of the parts they aren't enjoying as much so double fine they're making uh psychonauts too they sent out a tweet this week talking about how i'm just gonna read the tweet all people should be able to enjoy all games, all ages, all possible needs. It's an ongoing important process for our industry and challenge we need to meet. End of the day, we want to you to have fun, to laugh, to experience a story that affects you on whatever terms you want. And so there's, they're coming up with this, what they're calling, I guess it's an invis- invincibility toggle that allows like oh, nice. all people of all ages or whatever to just play the game for the story and not really worry about you know the difficulty of that. And I to me that sounds really cool. I've listened That's to great. a couple of friends' podcasts. Uh, I'm just gonna plug them right now. Danny K, Next to Nothing podcast, great podcast. Listen to them for gaming news too. Uh, but they had people on. They had a guy on a couple of months ago who is a blind gamer. He plays games. He's literally blind, and how he talks about the challenges and how it's a completely different game than obviously if you can see and stuff and. Yeah. I never thought of like, oh, blind people want to play video games too or 
uh, you know, the colorblind mode is always like a thing that's like obviously much more popular and commonplace in games and stuff. But like, you don't see things like invincibility toggles. You know, I know some of the uh, Nintendo games did that with like the Wii U. Some of the Mario games were doing that. So I just, to me, this sounds like a really cool thing that should be like in every, in like in almost all forms of some games. I am mm-hmm. super, super down for that. Like I, I, it's not something we talk about often on on gaming nexus on the site but accessibility in games is mad important you know because there are so many gamers out there that have different you know physical abilities um so like on a, on a personal note for me when i was growing up i had two cousins that had muscular dystrophy so as they got older they lost the ability to you know, first walk and then, you know, move their arms. And finally, the very last thing to go was their ability to move their fingers. So they were Nintendo to the core, man. And this is like NES times. And so I would go over there because they didn't really have a lot to do. So they would just Nintendo, mm. Nintendo, Nintendo, you know, and they would just whoop my ass endlessly at whatever game <laughs> we were playing. Uh, but, you know, I remember you know, towards the end when they were losing all their physical abilities going over there and they would have me just sit there and run through, I carry warriors on NES, you know, for them, uh, for hours and hours and hours because they had lost that ability to actually play. Um, so like anything that can be done to help people in those situations, uh, is crazy important. You know, like if it helps one person be able to experience this medium that they love, uh, then absolutely. A hundred percent. Invincibility mm-hmm. mode all the way. Not to mention, you know, I got kids and they don't have the highest, you know, skill threshold when it comes to game two. And and so, you know, taking invincibility mode and putting it in the hands of my five year old, not that I don't I don't think he's gonna be playing psychonauts, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like giving giving him the ability to uh you know, experience a game and not have to worry, you know, about dying all the time or something. You know, that's pretty cool too. You know, I love an easy mode. I'm all about an easy mode. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like for sure. Especially like if I'm playing a game for review, I'll play like half of it on regular to get a feel for it. But man, if I got a bust through the end, I will crank that shit down <laughs> to easy in the blink of an eye and not regret it at all. Fully admit it. Like <laughs> I yeah. will play on easy mode with no compunctions whatsoever. I'm or even if you just it. like get bored and you just want to like, oh, I want to know how this ends, but I'm really not feeling the rest of the game. Like that's just a win for your players if they can do that. Like, oh, 100%. It's like the like the curb cut theory, right? Where um. When you put in those ramps and sidewalks, those are put in for folks with wheelchairs to make them able to not get, you know, cliff off into a ditch when they hit the edge of a sidewalk. But then they work great for bicycles, people with strollers. Like when you make things more accessible for those who need it, it improves everyone's life. Absolutely. And I think that that definitely holds up in video games, too. Yeah, uh, I think and I would be in favor of like something sort of like ADA standards for games, honestly, because as a developer, I do as much research as I can on these kinds of things, but there's, to my knowledge, not any centralized place of like, hey, here's what you can do to help people. It's just sort of a, you do a bunch of research and read a bunch of articles that you find about it and um, GDC talks. Hope for and, the best. Yeah, vote together, you know, whatever you know about. Yeah, do you guys follow uh, Stephen? I think his name is Stephen Spawn. 
Um, I might. Whatever. Uh, I might recognize his profile picture. It's it's uh, Stephen with a V, and his last name is S P O H N. Uh, it's pronounced yeah. Spawn. Stephen Spawn, and uh, he is a huge advocate for uh, accessibility in games, and he always has a lot of like really interesting observations uh, and and you know just ideas, uh, you know, and he'll call out games that are you know are doing good, are doing well mm-hmm. with accessibility. Uh, and he's a pretty funny guy too. So uh, definitely a recommended follow on Twitter. That guy's got a lot going on. Um, invincibility mode is in a lot of games too. Um, uh, I mean, you can go through all your latest Mario's, and uh, the game will stop you and go, "Is this too difficult? Hit this block, and you'll get an invincible like uh, raccoon tail or whatever, and you can just run through the rest of the game or the rest of that level." Um, you know, God mode goes back to doom, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. So invincibility mode has been around for cap cap Capcom arcade stadium, uh, just put invincibility mode on all of their games. Oh shit. Really? Yeah. Nice. So you can just play through all those old games. Um, cause those are tough. So yeah. Like invincibility, invincibility yeah, mode is, is, is a wonderful thing. If you just want to play through, if you want to just bust through some games man i i'm i'm all for it I just, yeah some, you know. sometimes i just want to see the stuff yeah. you know like sometimes yeah. like it's it's the disney world model like i just want to see the cool stuff <laughs> you've set up for me to see you know and and so sometimes that's what i want like assassin's creed odyssey is a good example like i played through probably 30 hours of it on normal and mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? These fights are all the same, and they are all taking yeah. way too long. I'm turning this down to easy and just smoking these dudes so I can move on with the story. You know, this is mm-hmm. a 90-hour game. I want to oh see God, what happens. So yeah, but it's so great. So also, great. as a, as a callback, Control has a, an invincibility mode. So oh that. fuck! I wish it had that when I was reviewing it. <laughs> 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 that game is hard as fuck, man. You know, I wonder too if reviewers are reviewers. Come clean. Are yeah. you using invincibility mode to go through games? If it, if it were there, like if it were there on control towards the end of that game, I would have absolutely turned that shit on. I went at some of those battles 30 times running from a wow. save point into that room, like trying to get these dudes. And it, like some of those battles I cheesed, like I would stand outside the room and just like shoot into the room around the corner <laughs> for like five minutes to kill a dude, oh you know, like, the end of that game was so freaking hard. So yeah, if that were if invincibility mode were in that game when I was reviewing it, one hundred percent I would have turned it on to get to the end of that game. One hundred percent. It's called assist like... mode. It lets you customize how much more powerful you want to make Jesse. There are sliders for making her nice. take less damage and decreasing the cooldowns on her abilities and ammo regeneration, as well as options for improving aim assist. Yeah, super cool game, by the way. Super cool game. Uh, my other issue with it when I was reviewing it was that it was, like, super jank when it first came out. And so, mm. like, the more enemies in a room, the lower the frame rate would go. So you would basically walk in and, the, like, the frame rate would just chug at, like, 10 frames per second. And you would just be dead. Like, it's the only game I've ever played where the frame rate actually killed me. <laughs> because I, I couldn't see what was going on and then I would just mm. be dead. Um so yeah, invincibility mode would have been sweet for that too. That seems like one where you I I haven't played. It. I really want to play it. It looks dope. But that seems like one you play for the story because it looks like a mystery game almost because you're like what is going on in this dope ass architecture. 
It is. And it's like there's so much weird stuff that you find in that game. Like I cannot I, I'm trying to think of like a TV or film equivalent of, of like how it just goes off the rails and just becomes like so strange sometimes. <laughs> and there's there's nothing that I can even uh, equate to to that game. It just has this really cool, interesting vibe to it. Uh, definitely yeah. worth a look. Definitely. Oh, yeah. It's whenever it's on sale and I'm not buying a different game that's on sale. Game Pass. Uh, which that's Xbox, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't have an Xbox, but yeah, PC, yeah. <laughs> not one that can play games. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fair um, but yeah, I, th- I think the other interesting thing is there's sort of three different kinds of invincibility mode type things right like old school you had cheat codes like your god mode in doom or uh big head mode in golden eye um those were things and those were sort of put in to be secrets that you discovered those weren't really there to help anybody um those are just sort of neat things that often broke the game entirely and were just fun to play around with when you'd already had your fun with the game um that then could uh, almost unintentionally be really helpful if you were struggling. And then I think the, uh, the there's also, you mentioned the raccoon tails, Joseph and Mario, like that's not like a, that's like a th- power up you can get that really helps you, but it is all within the game. It's not like an external adjustment to the game. Yeah. It's, like, a, it's um, within the game. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how within, um, I, I, when people talk about difficulty, it, it comes up a lot, like in dark souls, people are like this game's too hard. Um, and people on the internet will be like, well, you can just use co-op and that'll help you. And this is a built-in accessibility mode sort of thing, which it's not, that's not an accessibility thing, but, <laughs> but it is still like, it is kind of worth bringing up because that is a thing you can, you can do within the game to help you out sort of like your raccoon tails or like something that I do within ocean's heart is I just make it totally, you can totally just stockpile a bunch of healing items and use them in the pause screen to be kind of invincible. Like this totally, if you're struggling within the game, you can do that. And then it's only more recently we've had external things like those sliders you're talking about in control where you can adjust the game to what you need it to be for the way you want to play it. And I think this is sort of like, we're finally, I think, you know, each of them have their own strengths in what they do. But as far as what, most intentionally and most helpfully benefits us these external methods are way better because it's more obvious what's going to happen they're not obfuscated behind like oh how do i summon someone else in dark souls or oh how do i find this secret passage that's going to help me skip a boss or whatever like those things are fun to find in games but if you're you aren't necessarily going to know about them you know, right. something that you said there, Max, made me think about, like, why I'm so down with easy mode and why I struggle with games like Dark Souls simultaneously. Mm. When I play a game, I'm all about being OP, like overpowered. Like, if I'm playing an <laughs> RPG, I'll be the guy that runs around in circles for three hours until my dudes are, like, crazy strong. <laughs> and then I can just yeah. cheese the boss fight at the end of the game. Yep. Like, that's that's how I like to play. And and so yeah. my, my issue with Dark Souls is that I, you can't. Like, well, it doesn't doesn't yeah. work you know or it's very very slow you know in a way the uh, game is about doing the the experience of the game that it tries to make you feel is disempowered so you're like i actively want to feel the opposite of what you're trying to make me feel right like i'm trying yeah. to watch schindler's lifts for laughs like <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, 100%. 100%. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm like, I'm the guy in Skyrim who ran around and, like, went through every single one of those side things until my guy was just a towering god by the end of the game. You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's just the way that I do things. So, yeah, feeling feeling like I'm not able to advance and and I actually have to use skill. (laughs) Very, very disconcerting. And I think there are a lot of, I've seen a lot of people argue against that sort of thing where they'll say, oh, this game is about making you feel powerless or this game is about the triumph that you feel when you overcome a real tough challenge that you can only get by pushing yourself and eventually through hard, you know, pattern repetition or hard, hard work. You're playing video games, not hard work, but like, you know, eventually pushing against it, you eventually overcome that. And that like, yes, I did it is you don't get that if you're OP, right? And yeah. I, so, so people will argue that you lose that s- sort of, if the game is art and that is the feeling that it's trying to evoke through its art, if you take a, if you take away that adversity, then you don't get its intended feeling. And I think there is some merit to that argument in terms of like, yeah, if you want to play Dark Souls to be overpowered, like you just don't want the experiences giving, which is fine. Like you don't have to like every game. Um, but I think that is still a totally different thing than like, oh, I can't play this game because my fingers don't work very well. Right. Like, or right. like, I just got murdered. I've been playing Dark Souls 3 and I just got my ass handed to me because it's humid as fuck and my dodge button is sticking. <laughs> and just like, <laughs> you know, like I miss a dodge because the button's stuck and it pops up like a uh, hundred milliseconds sure, too Max. late. Blame the controller, Max. Go ahead. (laughs) Blame the controller. Look, I beat the Abyss Watchers first try over the weekend when it was like not humid and now it's humid and I can't dodge worth shit. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, uh, but like, uh, that's like just one of those knock on effects of like, you make this so people who, you can't appreciate the game on the terms you want it. Like you can, what am I trying to say? It's, if you, as an artist who's making a game as or a game developer, like it's valid to make that choice and say, I want this game to make you feel disempowered. I want it to make you feel like you're up against real adversity. And that's kind of, that's fine if you want to do that. But like, if people want to make adjustments so they can feel that on their own terms, like, why don't you just give that to them? Like <laughs> you don't want them to play your game. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I see both sides of that argument. You know, like I certainly couldn't push back against that too hard because there is artistic integrity and I ex- I respect that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think there is like some some push pull between the uh, artistic mm-hmm. integrity and the accessibility, you know, sides of the coin. On the other hand, I feel like I'm kind of just monologuing here, but this topic's uh, near and dear to me. Like Celeste is a famously hard game. Right. Oh, um, it is, man. It's so hard. We're all saying know. that, like, oh my god, it's so hard. It has God mode. Like, you can just turn off dying. You can t- turn on infinite dashes. It has all these things, and yet the artistic statement that it makes about that challenge and that adversity, we're all still on board with that. We were all like, yeah, that game's so hard. We all got the artistic statement, even though it has all of those options. It has crazy good accessibility options. Truth. So yeah, I don't good know point. that it does compromise your artistic integrity. Yeah, that's that is a good point. That is a good point. 
Well, I think that's a good story to end on. I do have one more story. I don't know if Google getting sued by 37 states over the Play Store being a monopoly is really worth talking about. Maybe <laughs> we can do it next time. It's actually, I read a lot about it today because it is really interesting, the points it is making. Hmm. It's definitely one of those, it's like a, the next big thing of like, you know, Apple and Google and their stores and that kind of stuff. I think that is an interesting discussion. I think it is a bigger discussion than we really want to yeah. have tonight with it. So maybe that's something we'll do here in, in the near future on an episode. Because I definitely think it is worth talking about after reading what I read about it today, which was more than, again, I should admit to reading about it. Because <laughs> it it just kind of like sucked me in today. I just like started reading about it and I was like, oh, I've never thought of it from this perspective before where – there's a lot more to it than you think. Anyway, educate yourself and go look at it instead of listening to us ramble about it. Uh, well, we, uh, why don't or... we uh, pack it up with a uh, round of what are you playing? Yeah, so so Joe, what are you playing? Don't listen to us ramble about it. That's our whole damn vibe, you know, bro. That like... reminded me of, we used to play an improv game called, Hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing? And you have to answer like Fred Schneider from um, uh, beat the V-52s. Right. <laughs> spinning oh, like, my wedding ring on my finger hey Fred Steiner what are you playing um, <laughs> I was born tonight so Fallout 4 <laughs> that's exactly alright this is a great segment no exactly alright this is the segment now that was great hey Fred Snyder, what are you playing Make it rhyme, <laughs> Silence from Elliot. Silence yeah. from Elliot. Yeah. Come on, Elliot. I'm not playing anything. I literally haven't played anything since Mario Golf. Uh, I, really? I played a little bit of um, Mass Hand Effect. I over. finished Mass Effect 1. Sell yeah, it to dude. Me. Well, I golfed with a, tote, with a toad, and it really put me out, so I'm not playing games. Oh, my God. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Um, Can I get that So from I you? was yeah. just kind of refreshing myself, and then there was like two or three different games. I was like, oh, I'll play, oh, I'll play, and then we didn't get codes for yet, so... I was just like, oh, I'm just going to kind of continue my like sabbatical of not doing any games and just kind of watching TV. So I haven't you played may be anything. building up one of those periods where they all hit. All I know once. they're all going to hit at once. Yep. I know they're all going to hit at once because I keep being like, yeah, I'll do this or I'll do that. <laughs> and they're all going to hit at once. And I'm going to have like four different things at once. But that's fine. So yeah. I'm going to continue doing nothing until one of those. I've stopped saying, oh, I'll play that because I know I'm going to get them all at once. Yeah. So. How about you, Max? Just Dark Souls? Is that the is that the situation? I'm playing Dark Souls three, and I'm in the Snowland. <laughs> <laughs> and their swords are so oh, sharp. Oh, I love God. it. <laughs> hey, Eric Otter, what are you playing? <laughs> My answer hasn't changed. It's Fallout Four. I, I finished, <laughs> oh, that was really Fallout. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I. I uh, <laughs> I finished up uh, with all my review games, and I'm actually writing some pieces for the site that are not like review based. <laughs> not nice. You know? Like I cool. had a, a, a really cool conversation yesterday uh, with the dudes from Wales Interactive, mm. who are fascinating, and the way they make games is fascinating. And and they make and those interactive whales, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah, you just push the blowhole. <laughs> um, oh, oh my god. <laughs> So, uh, no, they make the the inter interactive films, you know. So there was like the two guys who founded the studio, uh, a film producer, and then the film director who made their their 
most recent game, which is coming out on the 27th. And so we took like a deep dive into the process uh, of both of making those games and how they made their newest one during the pandemic remotely. Uh, nobody saw each other in real life and they've produced this interactive film, which is uh, coming out, you know, this month. So it, it was a great conversation, but it is going to be a big article. So basically I've, I've kind of taken a sabbatical from uh, reviewing games so I can write some of this stuff up. There are a couple other things that I kind of have pending too. So I literally, I was not, I had two hours free tonight before the podcast and I was like, what am I going to do? I want something that I not, not commit to, but that I'll have fun with. And so I just started up Fallout 4 again. And now an hour and a half in, I'm super sucked into Fallout 4 and I'm probably going to play the whole goddamn game because that's how I do with Fallout games. Uh, Someone <laughs> needs your attention. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I'm going to find Sean. I'm going to fucking kill him just like I did last time. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that's the only answer, right? It's that's the only answer. The you gotta only kill. Answer. Are you familiar with the storyline, Joe? No, no. I, All right, I well, haven't played a Fallout game in ever. At the beginning of the game, you're going into the vault, right? Yeah. It, and they put you in one of these like chambers, and they put your husband and your tiny newborn baby into the other chamber, and it's supposedly to like clean the impurities out of your body. But then they just freeze you. And so you wake up. <laughs> Like 200 years later, and some dude is like shooting the husband and taking the baby, right? And then you get refrozen for a little bit, and then you wake up again, and you're like, oh, there's my dead husband, and the baby is gone. I have to go find the baby. And the whole game is you running around through the wasteland, like trying to see what happened to your infant son and, and uh, recover him. Oh, Resident Evil 8. Uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Multiples sure. of four. You see? Fallout 4, Resident Evil 8. It's a math joke, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm playing uh, the DLC on um, Streets of Rage 4. So there oh, you go. Nice. Ha, multiples of four. Come on. Fallout 4. Did, did you stream it yet? Have you streamed it? No, not it? yet. No, is it, is it? Wait. When's the embargo over? It's like know. soon, right? It's soon. You, it's definitely email. soon. It's definitely soon. But yes, that's what we're doing. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. And but you and, love and, that. And bark. But we can't talk about that right now. We can't talk about that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah you love those beat em ups, man. Yeah. You're like the, the most beat em up fan I've ever met in my love life. Em. I've always been like, who plays these beat em ups? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the embargo's lifted on Thursday. Oh, sh- oh shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Streets yes. Rage 4 coming down. Streets Rage 4. Mr. X. Mr. X. Whoever the hell that is. Uh, okay. Well. <laughs> we're not going to explain it today. All right. All good. right, Elliot, end the show. Anyway, well, thank you for listening as always. Remember, um, the best way for us to grow is for you to tell a friend about the show. It's literally the best way for us to get more listeners to grow and, and get to more ears because who doesn't need to hear Joe? He didn't ban – you didn't ban anyone this week. Nope. No he, one got the ban hammer. Man, are you Two saving it up for like a, a super ban hammer? At I'm some saving point? it, yeah, super hyper ban hammer X. He's charging. You got a tube of Burt's bees there. Are you gonna Burt's bees anybody? Boom! Just like that, Burt's bees hammer. <laughs> Fantastic! What a great audio medium that we're playing in. Get burned, buckos. <laughs> Why?